0: Episode 103 of Cowboy Drive Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield. As always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How are you doing, man?
1: I'm good. It's, uh, it's Sunday, and I'm working my butt off trying to get stuff done while trying to make sure that I don't do too much and upset my wife right. because How, we have a baby.
0: Right. How's the baby doing?
1: Uh, she eats, she sleeps, uh, she eats, and she poops, and she cries um, in a varying order on a daily basis
0: right right well unfortunately she's not gonna she's not gonna chime in with us today is she no 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 not not today all right well you know i'm hanging in there uh you know midterms are coming up here pretty soon academically but after all this terrible weather we've gotten here the last few days in oklahoma and all the cold i am ready to get away from it i'm actually heading to phoenix arizona next weekend for a baseball conference get to present you know a presentation i've been working on uh, take in a little bit of baseball analytics and catch a spring training game, and it will all while enjoying 70, 75 degree weather. I'm ready. That for sounds
1: that. nice, man. That sounds like fun.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm ready for I'm ready for a little bit of a change of pace from twenty or twenty five degrees here in middle in Oklahoma. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, yeah, all right. So let's talk a little bit of basketball here, real quick. Um, you know, do we have
1: to? Like, <laughs> let's do at least, we?
0: I mean, here's the thing, though. This was probably one of at least you know even though they lost both games they played the two of the best teams in the conference extremely well taking tech to overtime lindy waters putting one of the best shooting exhibitions i've ever seen in the final minute of a game it it was incredible and then to take kansas to the wire for you know about 38 minutes you played with them the whole way battling back from multiple deficits finding a way to stay in it despite lindy waters playing on one ankle for the final 5 minutes credit to him as well uh, for coming back and at least trying to be with his team for those final little, final games there. But what, what were some of your thoughts on the Kansas game? Because they had there was opportunities there to win it, um, but just couldn't pull through. I think they, they damn near emptied the tank against Texas Tech, trying to win that one. And then whatever they had left, they put into the Kansas game, and it just wasn't enough again. But, you know, you take, give credit where credit is due, and they played really well for two games against the best teams in the conference.
1: I'm not a fan of moral victories.
0: I'm not they exist—
1: fan. They, they do exist, and I, and I do think there's benefits to them. But I'm not a fan of them. That said, um, if there's one takeaway you can have from these two games, this late in the season, with all the adversity Oklahoma State has faced, they have not given up on trying to win. Getting down against Texas Tech by double digits, getting down a couple times against Kansas by double digits, they fought and clawed and played their hearts out try and win. This team still wants to win. This team is still fighting like they, they have a chance at the tournament. Like honestly, that the fight that you see out of them and so much credit goes to the players and so much credit goes to Boynton that he has not lost this team with all they've gone through that Boynton. think about it this way as a player, you could look at this as my coach kicked off all these guys off the team. And now we are losing constantly because he had to make that decision. Like I realize that's not probably what they think, but there's there's, if you lose a team, guys are gonna come up with whatever reason they want to not want to play for you. They play, they play hard. They want to play, they want to be there, and they want to win. And I, I really hope that next season goes well for Lindy Waters and Cam McGriff and Thomas DeZagua. I really hope all three come back, and I really hope that all three have a have a good senior year next year. Like I want to send them off with an NCAA tournament bid because after all they've gone through, I don't realize, again, there's no moral victories. There's no, well, you had a bad year, so you deserve it. I think Cam made a, made a great quote, and I, I I saw it on Twitter. I, I can't quote it perfectly, but basically it's like we, we realize that we're not going to just get a win because of all the things we've faced. We still have to earn it. I love these guys. Like these are the kinds of guys you want on your team, um, and while I don't like moral victories, I do think there's something we can take away from them and from Boynton and the work they're doing. I'm just so damn proud of them. Like, I don't know what else to say that I'm just, I'm just so damn proud of them. Really?
0: Like, yeah. it's you know, I completely agree with you. It's very hard to keep a fan base engaged in a season in which you're nine games below 500. You've won 10 games on the year. And the fan base really hasn't wavered. And now people have not necessarily gone to games, but there's at least right. support among the fan base of they know what coach Boyton's building here. They know the type of high character guys that he is bringing in, is trying to bring into this program and the guys that he is coaching up right now to still fight as hard as they can, you know, despite the odds. And if you're building that now and coach Boyton said it like, you know, he knows what he's building here. And the fact that people Like Isaiah Todd and Christian Brown, five-star, four-star. In a 10-win season, the fact that Boynton can still convince him to come on an official visit, and it seemed like both were pretty successful. They may not land both guys, but I think that says a lot about the culture that Boynton is building at Oklahoma State, and it's going to pay dividends in the future.
1: I think it's something about a culture, and I think it says something about him and who he is and his personality that he's getting these guys here going, look, now part of that is like, if you come play to OSU next year, you're going to get to play, right. Like you're not riding the and We got plenty of minutes to hand out. Um, but I think it just says something about him, you know, either, either he's, he is as charismatic as we think he is, or he's, he's paying them. I, I don't think he is. I'm, I make a joke. I, t- I take the four. I think it just, the I think it just says something a lot about, about who he is. Yeah. No, and it, look, I, really I don't agree. think either guy comes to Stillwater. Um, I think both guys had a had a really nice time. Uh, Brown's mom, props to her. Uh, we've seen dads wear, like, football jerseys and stuff and basketball jerseys. Seeing mom in the turquoise OSU basketball jersey, like photos of her on the court with with Brown, uh, was pretty awesome. And I am all for moms putting on jerseys over, like, dads. Like, dads, okay, fine, we get it. But moms doing it, bravo. Yeah, no,
0: bravo. I think that because was really
1: cool. I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome. And I... Again, I don't think either one comes to Stillwater. I could be wrong. I just I don't I don't think either one's going to come here. Um, uh, with Todd, you're fighting North Carolina, Kentucky. With uh, with Brown, I forget who other offers he has. Uh, I believe NC State is the uh, is considered the leader in the clubhouse for him. Um, but you've got a good class already. You're going to get to bring somebody in who's going to be an impact player uh, with two remaining scholarships. I. I don't know what next season holds. I don't know if they win another game this year. You know, there's there's three games left on the schedule. You go to Baylor, you get West Virginia, and then you're either going to play TCU or OU, most likely, like most likely, as your as your Big Twelve tournament game. And the season's probably over. And I and, and I'm already kind of looking forward to next season. And I. Despite everything that's happening right now, I feel good about next year in the future. I'm not saying they're going to win the Big 12. I'm just, there's a good vibe around a team with 10 wins, and I don't. I don't think I've ever seen anything like like the football team won seven games and everyone's like doom and gloom and this, the sky is falling. Basketball team's going to win 10, maybe 11 games this season, and I, I don't feel that with the basketball team.
0: No, I think there's a huge sense of optimism around this program, at least because, and I mean, a lot of it, I think, is due to the fact that Boynton kind of had a very surprised season last year and built up a lot of goodwill with the program and with the fan base, you know, considering kind of the odds last year with the FBI in- investigation and having suspend players and kick two guys off, and they still managed to win 21 games. You know, I think he built up a lot of goodwill there, and I think that's a huge part of why the program and with the fan base is still supporting him in this way, despite, a 10 win season right now. And I don't think we're going to see another season like this with coach Boynton. I think he is a damn good basketball coach and a damn good recruiter. And I think we're going to, the future is bright with this program. We've been saying on this podcast ad nauseum, I've been tweeting about it ad nauseum, that the future is bright. And I still 100% believe that.
1: If we see another season like this, and I don't mean 10 wins. I mean, where you're having to kick a bunch of players off the team we need to have a serious conversation. I I don't think we will. Um, uh, Teams have bad seasons. Teams have losing seasons. Good teams have losing seasons. Like, look, the Dukes, the Kentuckys, the North Carolinas, they don't. But good teams go through fluctuations. Um, But if we see a season like this where you're going to have to kick half your team out, then we have a conversation. Uh, But until then – I'm I'm excited for next year. Um, I do have one other note. I want to say I'm sorry to Thomas DeSagua. Um, he was I don't want to say on pace, but he he had a legitimate shot to finish number two in three pointers made this season. And Nathan Ruiz and I were kind of back and forth on it on Twitter this week. Um, he had to average like 4.25 a game. He was averaging like five, uh, and then. And then Nathan and I happened to start talking about it. And, of course, he made 3 of 10 against Kansas. Now he's got to make – let's see. That gives him 96. He needs 14 over the last three games to tie Brooks Thompson and uh, 15 to pass him. So, sorry, Dizzy. I think we jinxed you.
0: Probably, but we've also seen him just have multiple games, at least where he's had five, six, seven. So it's not out of the realm of possibility, but I'm not going to 100% call the fact that he's going to be able to do it. But it also wouldn't surprise me if he just goes off and finds a way to.
1: Yeah, he'd have to, he's going to have to average, what, five a game in the last three games to get there? Something like that. So, I mean, he can. Look, just go hit eight against West Virginia. A few more to, I don't know, against Baylor, we're good to go.
0: Yeah, exactly. Speaking
1: of, do it in case we don't record another pod before saturday do we think OSU beats west virginia and finishes in ninth place or are they gonna are they gonna are they gonna finish in 10th place
0: i mean west virginia's bad and but
1: just... they've they've shown like they've had decent games and you're still I mean I know it's at home it's a Saturday it's the season finale maybe some fans will show up just because they realize West Virginia's bad and you could beat them like do that like just go to that game if you can just because exactly. OSU can win that game and if the, the the crowd is there and on their side and helping them out like how nice would it be to get one more victory this season and sweep West Virginia and know that no matter how bad things are you're not as bad as the Mountaineers <laughs> like please give us that
0: Exactly. And, I mean, I I wouldn't put a passport in to find a way to get this team to give whatever they have left to win the last game in GIA uh, this season. I'm not going to you know, completely 100% say yes, they will win or no, they will lose. I, I'll, I'll be wishy-washy on this one, but I would obviously love to see them win. I'll be you know I won't be there unfortunately but I'll definitely be keeping tabs on it and I'd love to see them win one final game. This team deserves it. They they really do. And they're going to go out there and they're going to earn it like Boynton like uh, McGriff said. They you know they're not going to be able to waltz out there and just hope for a win. Like they're going to have to go earn it. But this team, this is a team that just man I'd love to see it. They they need one of those just to go into the conference tournament on a high note.
1: So I want to complain about baseball but before we get there most likely, it's TCU or OU. There's a you know, like a one percent chance Texas somehow ends up as one of the last four teams, but it's likely OSU is in one of the two kind of play-in games, open round Big Twelve tournament games against TCU or OU. Who would you rather they face, Sooners or Horn Frogs?
0: Mm. I would go TCU, honestly, because they played them close both times. They sh- probably should have won. They obviously won the game at home, took a buzzer beater to, you know, for TCU to beat them in Fort Worth. That's honestly, I'd rather play them. I think they match up pretty well. Now, if Quattanoia is playing, who he didn't play in the game at in uh, Stillwater, I think that makes a little bit of a difference. But I I would lean towards playing TCU over OU. Yeah,
1: but then there's – Bedlam Part Three and the chance to like completely destroy OU's tournament chances. That'd
0: be nice too. I'd, I'd like be just
1: if, fine with that. If OU goes zero and two this week because they play Kansas at home and at Kansas State, like if OU loses both of those, they're probably out anyways. But if they beat Kansas and then lose to Kansas State, losing to OSU might be the the death nail in their tournament bid, and the opportunity to do like in. It's not that I want the season to keep going, but one win over the sinners that keeps them out of the tur- like NCAA tournament would just be like the the icing on on the on a really crappy cake. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. No, I I think that's uh that, that would be nice. I, like I said, I would rather play TCU cuz I think there's a better chance to win, but if we find a way to beat OU in the tournament and end their tournament chances and knock them off the bubble, I would take that too just because you're at that point you're I mean, you're kind of playing with house money, uh, even yep. playing even playing in the first game of your your tournament, but you know, anything after the regular season, if they find a way to win, it's just cake at that point.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Okay. All right,
0: so good. we'll we'll move into baseball here real quick. So they didn't play their game against ORU because of the all the terrible weather we've gotten here in Stillwater over the last couple of days. And then uh they lost two out of three uh in a shortened weekend series against Iowa, playing a doubleheader on Saturday, and then losing the uh Saturday afternoon game after the Kansas game. Uh all all games were one run. Uh Oklahoma State won the first game, five to four on a walk off. And then they lost five four in the second game there, and then lost three to two yesterday, Saturday, on uh, you know just one, just one of those games. That it, it kind of spoiled a, a great pitching performance by Mitchell Stone. Uh, but Philip, go into your your little mini rant here for a second, and uh, I'll talk you try and talk you down off the ledge.
1: Okay, let me just start by saying, yeah, they they they. Remember, they went into the bottom of the ninth down 4-3 in game one and were able to pull it out. So they were almost, they almost got swept by Iowa. Now I realize they won, so it doesn't matter. But at the same time, let's be honest. So I I am a person who, you know, one season the trend does not make. Everyone losing their mind like Gundy has lost the football program because they had a bad season. Like, calm your ass down. Like uh, uh, fourteen was terrible, and they ripped off three straight 10 one years. Like one one season, a trend does not make five seasons. However, this is a whole different story. So Holiday got here in in twenty thirteen. First two seasons, he started his first eleven games: nine and two, and ten and one. Very impressive. Now, I know that Holiday has worked to improve the quality of the opponent's non-conference. I mean, he likes challenging non-conference schedules. He likes opening the season on the road more than at home. He really wants to challenge his team to get them ready for Big 12 play. And, and we've we've seen good seasons. You know, 15 was good. 16, they went to all the way to the World Series. It, it's, it's worked in their favor because they've done really well in Big 12 play. But there's something about if it's the schedule or what. That OSU does not start seasons well, at all. Okay, they are currently six and four. Uh, They play uh, Wichita State on Wednesday. Win that, you're seven and four. Lose that, you're six and five. Why is that interesting? Let me just read you the records for the first eleven games since 2015. They are seven and four, six and five, six and five, and seven and four. So right now, Holiday is literally on pace to just match. His previous records from the past four seasons win, you're seven and four, lose, and you're six and five. There, that is a trend. That's a trend. Five years in a row is a trend. Now, I, I realize again, they have increased the the level of difficulty. But you played a three game series against Iowa and lost it, they're all right. You played three games against Wright State, lost one. You played a three game series at UT Rio Grande Valley and lost one. I just and I realize it's a game by game thing, blah 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 blah. But I don't understand why OSU starts season so poorly, and losing games against right states and UT you, you know, Rio Grande Valleys it just kills RPI. And and when it comes time for are you going to host, you're going to be a two seed, are you are gonna be a three seed. That stuff matters. And you know Texas just swept LSU, and I realize baseball is weird, but why why does the OSU baseball team start seasons so poorly? They're so mediocre.
0: Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's a weird thing, you know, and, you know, I'm a huge baseball guy and I know baseball is a just a weird sport. Sometimes it really is. You know, you can do everything right and find ways, you know, you can make the perfect pitch and, you know, guy finds a way to, you know, bleed, bleed one over the second baseman's head, something like that, um, you know, so a lot of stuff can go against you, even if you're doing everything right. This is kind of the nature of the beast, unfortunately. Um, but I think the main thing for this team right now is two things, at least on the pitching side. To find a Saturday starter, uh, that's going to be consistent. Logan Gregg has really struggled in his first three starts. That's uh, generous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Went four, uh, six hits, four earned runs. He had seven strikeouts, so at least you can say he was at least putting the ball over the plate. That's something. Probably just not throwing as many effective effective strikes as he probably could have. Um, but at least that's an improvement there, being able to get a little bit of swing and miss. Uh, just too many, too many hittable pitches there in the zone. Uh, kind of did him in there if I had to if I had to guess unfortunately I was uh, not able to go to the game well I probably was able to go to the game on Friday but it was still cold I even I'm as much of a baseball fan as I am I'm a little fair weather in that sense um but yeah finding a Saturday starter I think Logan Gregg would benefit from more from being a short inning guy in the bullpen or a garbage inning guy if you really need it for about three to four I think he'd be more effective in that way um he just obviously hasn't, it hasn't panned out for him as a starter, but maybe something will click soon. I don't know, but I don't see him being another, a Saturday starter again uh, next weekend, at least when they go to Dodger Stadium and play there in that uh, weekend, you know, round robin. And then finding this consistent mix in the bullpen, Joe Leinart, CJ Valera, Ben Leeper are consistent enough that they're going to be the guys we're going to see a lot at the end of a game, especially when we win. But it's finding the next mix of guys. Brady Basso is a great lefty-lefty matchup. See him a lot in that way, where you'll, he'll throw one, two batters just to get that lefty-lefty. He's effective there. Peyton Battenfield's a good long relief guy. Uh, he, you know, gave up a run on Saturday, but was still effective in three and a third. So, you know, I think we'll see. A, I think we'll see those at least mix of guys right there. And then it's finding guys to supplement when you know Leaper's thrown two days in a row, or lineard has, or you know, Basso is struggling, you know, it's finding a, the right mix. And that takes time, unfortunately, be throwing and batting practice and throwing in inner squad scrimmages only does so much. It's all about getting in game and just finding what works and playing against some of the competent, you know, some of the better competition that we have in recent years. I think that's just played a factor when you kind of have either guys that aren't experienced in the bullpen or you have younger guys in the bullpen that just aren't Uh, aren't used to the college game yet so there's a mix of a couple different things I think we really need to get Trey Cobb on here again here pretty soon and he can talk to us kind of about what goes on in the locker room and kind of how you know how things go in non-conference play I think he might be a great uh, resource for us uh, as we want to talk a little more baseball on this podcast
1: good because basketball season's pretty much over wrestling's almost done and it's baseball. Like we can talk football in the off because we get spring game and all that. But man, we got to talk some baseball. Like, yeah, absolutely. If you why why would you not like want to talk OSU baseball? I realize it's baseball. I don't watch a lot of baseball. I know this is going to sound terrible for someone who's talking about baseball, but, but like baseball on TV when it's a team I don't care about as a sport is boring. Like <laughs> I say that, then I'll put OSU baseball on because I care because it's OSU. But like I'm not a baseball guy. Me, me but it's Wild- just.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, in the background of my room right now, I'm watching Angels A's spring training. I don't know he was on the field for either team right now. I'm just watching baseball. So we have two very different uh, thought processes here.
1: Yeah. I just, I'd like an understanding of for OSU to, for me for OSU to take the next step in baseball. And I know they they started you know six and five in 2016 and they made the World Series and were like one win from may, making the, the finals. I just. And baseball's weird and blah, 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 blah. I just feel like for baseball to take take the next step and be, you know, like a TCU where you're making the World Series every year, every other year, pretty consistently. You just gotta you've gotta start better, I, I think. I, I could I, be wrong, but I feel like they've really got to they've gotta help their RPI out and be in a better position to host more than being the two-seed and the three-seed on the road and, and hoping they can they can get there, I, it just – what do I know?
0: Yeah, you know, we'll see. Like I said, I'm going to try and get Trey on here to give us a little bit of a different perspective here from someone that's been in the program and been a part of those couple of years that you've mentioned. Uh, you know, maybe not starting so hot, but like I said, I think there's multiple factors that you could go into. And it, you could even – I just thought about this. Maybe you could even go into the fact that, you know, the weather can, is not real consistent in February. Obviously, college season starts pretty early um so i think that could play a factor as well maybe not getting consistent games and maybe not getting consistent practices outside also could play a factor in this too but i'm not trying to make excuses i'm just trying to rationalize maybe why uh we haven't you know you kind of struggle in the beginning of the season here
1: i mean playing an outdoor sport in winter isn't really conducive to actually playing i never would have thought that that is right what what a concept right
0: yeah 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 All all right you have any final thoughts here um. No, I think I'm good too. I think we I think we got it all out here, uh, Philip Bork and everyone follow you on Twitter.
1: Follow me personally at oktxarpoke, Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas. You can also follow my podcast, The Ten Twelve. It's on Twitter at ten twelve podcast te in the number twelve the word podcast. The show is on iTunes, Libsyn, Google Play, a whole bunch of stuff. We've got a couple of OSU-centric episodes from last week. Talk a lot of basketball right now because it's it's basketball time. It is. It's fun. I love March. We're almost
0: time to the best time of the year watching March Madness. I am. It is the best time.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa! It is March Madness. People get confused. March Madness doesn't begin when the tournament starts. March Madness begins now. Yeah. When the mid-majors SoCon and Summit League tournaments start, when you're watching a three-seed from a conference you've never heard of, like the Campbell Camels vying to go to the tournament for the first time in 20 years and just losing their minds because they are, that's March Madness. March Madness does not start with a tournament. It starts now because conferences are to be won, tournaments are to be won, bubbles are going to burst, positions in the tournament are on the line. Like, the madness is here. It starts now and it is the most wonderful time of the year
0: it's it's awesome I'm, I'm ready to try and get the perfect bracket this year when i'll lose after the first game uh you can follow me at jt penfield be sure to follow the main site at cowboys rff and we will be back next week with another episode talk a little bit uh wrap up a little bit of the basketball season hopefully we'll talk about some cowboy wins uh in baseball and we will talk to you all then